Stories, fables, ghostly tales. Welcome, welcome, my lovely listeners. Today I'm bringing you the classic Adventures of Morse, City of the Dead, chapters 8 and 9. We have more clawfoot, more chaos, more action, goodness gracious, more everything. And remastered just for your lovely selves. Clicks removed, pops curtailed, and white noise brought down to a minimum. I've gotten to a point on these episodes where I don't even have to strip out as much audio, which leaves it really intact. Also, this episode was impeccably recorded. Only one audio repeat within 50 minutes of old-timey recording. Such a great job on these actors and actresses. So turn the lights off, the sound up, and get ready for something special and unique, just like you. Enjoy. Adventures by Morse. Carlton E. Morse presents The City of the Dead, featuring Captain Friday. If you like high adventure, come with me. If you like the stealth of intrigue, come with me. If you like blood and thunder, come with me. Four o'clock on the morning of the third day in the City of the Dead. Four o'clock, the dead black hour, just before dawn in this old abandoned cemetery. The night has already brought fear, mystery, and sinister implications. At midnight, Captain Friday and Jimmy Parker had slipped out of the caretaker's cottage, had picked up a trail of human bones, had finally come up on a ghoul digging in the grave of Ernie Morton. While Captain Friday and Jimmy were about this nocturnal business, Old Clawfoot broke into the cottage, overpowered Dr. Tuner, and frightened Phyllis Carroll into a fainting fit. But let Jimmy Parker tell what happened then. Well, first, Captain Friday made me lie behind a gravestone while he approached the ghoul in the half-open grave. It was too dark to see what was happening. But the next thing I knew, there was a terrible silence. No sound from the grave. No sign of Captain Friday. I crept to the grave's edge, and there was no one. The ghoul and Captain Friday had both vanished. Then I raced back to the cottage and found Phyllis just recovering consciousness and Dr. Tuner lying on the floor. Phyllis told me that old Clawfoot had broken into the cottage. I got her quieted and was just bringing Dr. Tuner around when old Mayor Friday came in. He accused me of doing away with his son, Captain Friday. And then suddenly I saw in his vest pocket a gold pencil. A pencil that his son had in his pocket when we left the cottage. His son's pencil in his pocket and fresh earth on the knees of his trousers. If anybody had done away with Captain Friday, it was his own father. And I said so right out in meeting. Why, you, you young whippersnapper. Now then, Mayor, now, now. But I tell you, Dr. Tuner... Just a minute, Mayor, now. Just a minute till we sort of get this straight. Well, I've got this thing straight, all right. Now, Parker, you keep still till you're spoken to. Now, let me sort of sum up this thing and see if we can't find out what's the matter here. Well, if any young squirt thinks he can accuse me of murder, he... Well, you started oh, it. Quit it, quit it. You're both on edge and saying things you don't mean. As far as I'm concerned, neither of you is a murderer. We don't even know if Captain Friday's dead. Well, he disappeared in a mighty queer way. Now, wait a minute. Before we go a mite further, we're going to have a pot of black coffee. It's four o'clock and mighty black and miserable outside. 
Mary, you go make the coffee. Parker, you stir up the fire. Getting a mite cold, appears like. I'm going to fix Miss Carroll here so she'll rest easier. What is all this foolishness? You go along now, Mayor Friday, and do what I tell you. Well, you keep an eye on Parker. Now, take care of Parker. You go make the coffee. And Parker, you do what I tell you. Go rake up the coals and put fresh wood on the fire. Well, all right, but... Now, never mind about anything now, Parker. You go do as I say. All right. But I think Mayor Friday's got a guilty conscience. Well, well, now, ain't this a mess, Miss Carroll? Oh, I, I'm so mixed up, Dr. Tuner. I, I don't know what it's all about anymore. <laughs> it is getting kind of complicated, ain't it? But you'll see. It'll come out all right. You don't think Jimmy killed Captain Friday, do you? Now, then, Jimmy Parker's a nice boy, Miss Carroll. I don't reckon you've got much to worry about him. And Mayor Friday's such a grouchy old man. No, no, Miss Carroll. I reckon maybe you wouldn't say that if you'd known Mayor Friday as long time as I have. Now, then, you sort of shift over so I can straighten this sheet under you. Uh, careful of that shoulder. Uh-oh. Did we hurt you? It's all right. You've got your bed all torn up, shifting and turning. There. Now, that's better. I'll straighten the covers over you a bit. There. If you need this extra blanket, you just sing out. How's your pillow? It's very comfortable. Thank you, Dr. Tuner. Good. Now, I'm going to fix you up a real strong bit of sleeping medicine. Then when you've had your hot drink, you're going to get hot milk instead of coffee. You just slip off to sleep before you know it. Oh, Mayor. Uh, what do you want? Warm up a glass of milk for Miss Carroll while you're about it. All right. Yeah, that's a fire that'll last until morning. Good. Here, Parker, hold this spoon for me. <sighs> hey, now I'll take it. Uh, bring that glass of water from the table, will you? Now, Miss Carroll, you just swallow this spoonful of mixture and then take a drink of water. Is it very bad? I'm not very good at taking medicine. Oh, I don't reckon you'll even taste it. Here you go now. <clears throat> Jimmy, give me that water quick. Here, sir. Hmm, not too bad, was it, Miss Carroll? Well, I've taken things I liked a lot better. Here's the coffee and the hot milk. Mm, all right. All right, Miss Carroll. Now you sip this glass of milk while we're drinking our coffee. Now let's stop this monkey business and get back to important matters. Well, now, Mayor, I was just thinking that none of us ain't quite so belligerent as we were a few minutes ago. Well. So I thought I'd sort of act as pacifier and sum up everything. Is that all right with the rest of you? Yeah, all right with me. Go ahead, Doc. Now, this is the thing as I see it. Captain Friday and Parker went out of the cottage when they heard old Clawfoot monkeying around. Before he went out, the captain locked you in the bedroom, Mayor, said he didn't want to awaken you. Then he and Parker went out to the shed in back where they'd laid out that skeleton. And lo and behold, the skeleton was gone. But the skeleton had come apart and left a trail of bones. Captain Friday and Parker here followed this trail and found that it led down to Ernie Morton's grave. Well, get along, get along, Doc. We all know about that. Well, I reckon I'll have to tell this in my own way, Mayor. Now then, when they got down to the grave, blamed if there wasn't someone digging in it. That's what Parker says. Yes. So he and the captain dropped down behind a tombstone, and then Captain Friday insisted on creeping out to the grave alone. And Parker waited, and when he didn't hear any sound, he peeked out, and there wasn't a soul anyplace. That right, Parker? Yeah. Sounds dead burned funny to me. Now, never mind, Mayor. Well, back up here at the cottage, me and Miss Carroll were having our own trouble. Old Clawfoot broke in, plumped me over the head, and Miss Carroll fainted. But I'm getting a little ahead of my story. We got scared when we heard old Clawfoot, and I broke into your bedroom door, and I wasn't hiding her hair of you. We're still wondering, Mayor, how you got out of that room with the door locked and the windows barred the way they are. Go on, it's your story, Doc. Hmm. Guess we're going to keep on wondering. 
Well, then we don't know what old Clawfoot wanted in the cottage here, because he'd left before Miss Carroll came to. What about the black pearl? Now, I'm coming to that, Parker. It seems that just as Miss Carroll came to, Parker here ran into the house, saw how things was, quieted Miss Carroll, and brought me to. And then he announced that Captain Friday had vanished at old Ernie Morton's grave. We were all pretty worried. Mayor Friday had vanished, and so had his son. And then who should walk in on us but the mayor himself? Ain't you never coming to the park, I'm Doc? getting there, Mary. I'm getting there. The thing is, you accuse Parker of doing away with your son. Then right on that, I happen to reach under Miss Carroll's pillow to sort of straighten it out for her. And what do I pull out but one of the black pearls? One of the Theodore Beverly black pearls. Supposed to be buried somewhere in the city of the dead. Old Clawfoot left it, I tell you. Now, Parker here claims that Clawfoot left the pearl when he raided the place. Mayor Friday thinks that his son and Parker discovered the hiding place of the pearls, and Parker killed Captain Friday so he could have the loot for himself. The mayor thinks that after doing away with the captain, Parker brought one of the pearls here to show Miss Carroll, and then hid it under her pillow. Parker denies it, and so does Miss Carroll. Don't you, Miss Carroll? You know, the sleeping mixture's worked. He's gone off like a lamb. Oh, that's good. She needs the rest. Poor little Phyllis. Well, to go on with our story, suddenly Parker here lets out a yell and says he reckons the mayor himself knows what became of Captain Friday. He points to a gold pencil in the mayor's vest pocket, and he says it belonged to Captain Friday. He had it with him when they went out of the house together earlier this evening. Likewise, he points out that the mayor has fresh earth on the knees of his trousers. Now, that's how things stack up to this point. Is that right? That's right. Well... What do you got to say to Parker's accusations, Mayor? Nothing, except that the boy is a lunatic. Now, now, Mayor, ain't you going to explain how you came by your son's pencil? It is the captain's pencil, ain't it? Yes, I reckon. Well, ain't you going to tell us how you got it, Mayor? Don't mind. Parker's simply mistaken. My son loaned me the pencil this morning, and I forgot to return it. That's all. You mean the captain didn't have the pencil when he went out this evening? That's what I'm saying, Doc. That's not the truth, and you know it's not. Are you calling me a liar, Parker? I'm sorry, but I reckon he's got a right to in this instance, Mayor. What do you mean, Doc? I mean, Mayor, that I was using that gold pencil myself just before we went to bed tonight. And I returned it to Captain Friday along about ten o'clock. You couldn't have had it, Mayor. Yeah. Well, what about it, Mayor? Boy, I must have two gold pencils, then. I see. You still stick to your story, then? Uh, of course. Why shouldn't I? It's the truth. Well, what about the earth on your trousers? I was down on my knees several times looking for tracks tonight. But that's freshly dug earth, Mayor Friday. Yeah, quite a detective, ain't you, Parker? Well, what about the black pearl, Dr. Tuner? You're not going to let Mayor Friday keep that. It doesn't belong to him. It's part of Phyllis's estate. Oh, I reckon the mayor will take good care of it, Parker. I'd rather have you keep it, Dr. Tuner. Don't be a fool, boy. The pearls are safe with Mayor Friday as it is with me. Well, come on, Parker. There's been enough foolishness. What, what do you mean? You heard me say I was going to lock you up, didn't you? Yeah, but look here. Shh. Listen to that. The phantom church bell's ringing again, Mayor. Uh, what of it? I'm getting so used to it, I don't pay no attention to it no more. Just the same, it's ringing and I don't like it. Anyway, that don't affect you, Parker. Come on. No, Mayor, be sort of reasonable. You leave me be, Doc. I know what I'm about. Well, where are you going to put him, Mayor? Ain't many good lock-up places left in this house. Put him in his bedroom, of course. You don't reckon that'd help much since the fellow saw the bars off his window the other night. Well, and I'll put him in the girl's room. Sorry, Mayor, but I busted in the door, as you can see. Well, what in tarnation will I do with him, then? Now, look here, Mayor. Let the boy alone. He ain't going to run off while the girl's sick of bed here. I ain't so much afeard of his running away. Well, what is it, then? 
He's liable to treat the rest of us just as he done my son. Now, now, Mayor, you don't believe young Parker here killed the captain. You know you don't believe that. Listen. There's the clawfoot. Nasty brute. He drools and sucks his teeth all the while. I saw that much before he knocked me out. I wouldn't mind the whole business half so much if it wasn't for him. Makes my flesh creep. How was he dressed, Dr. Tuner? Did he still have on those flowing white robes? I reckon he had his robe on all right, Parker. And his bare, hairy shanks were sticking out below. Bare, eh? Huh? Did you notice his feet, Doc? Did you see if he did have claw feet? No, I reckon I was too busy watching the knife in his hand to pay much attention to his feet. The bell. That phantom church bell. Yeah, it seemed to be an almighty lot of action down in the city of the dead tonight. Though whoever heard of corpses rising from their graves at four o'clock in the morning? Dark as the inside of a cow. Did you hear that? Hear what, Parker? I heard footsteps on the porch. Listen. The whole phantom company of the old abandoned graveyard seems to be rising up at this dark hour to take part in the mystery of the city of the dead. The phantom church bell tolls. Old Clothworth wails among the tombstones. And now the approach of stealthy footsteps outside the cottage. If the sinister figure of violence is coming, but wait. You hear it? Now who in Tunkett? Can't see a thing out the window. Darker and pitch black. Reckon it's Clawfoot, Mayor. How should I know? Not unless he's put on shoes. Listen. What's he doing anyway? Patrolling our front porch? Hey, you carrying a gun, Mayor? Yeah, I sure am, and I'm going to throw open the door. Now, be careful, Mayor. You've got a light to your back. He's got you at a disadvantage. Put out the light. That won't do no good. The light from the fireplace is just as bad. Well, I'm going to chance it. Careful, Mayor. There's nothing out here, Doc. Well, it's just as well, Mayor. Come on back in and shut the door. Dang funny. There must have been something out there besides just them footsteps. Mm-hmm. Of course there was, but... Shh! Listen. There they are again. That's strange. Old Clawfoot never pulled anything like this before. I still want to know when he put on shoes. Ah, of course it's Clawfoot. Who else could it be? I don't know. Besides, Clawfoot always wailed before when he was around. Well, we heard wailing back a bit. Yeah, but that was way off. Haven't heard a sound since the footsteps began. Shh, listen. I'm going to find out about this, Dad Bottom. Now, wait a minute, Mayor. I wouldn't go out there again. Of course I'm going out. Here, give me that flashlight. Mm, if you're going out, Mayor, so am I. Well, come on. Nobody's keeping you. Just the same. I think we hadn't ought to go. Do as you like. I'm going. See, as soon as you touch that latch, the footsteps stop. You see anything, Mayor? No. Porch is empty. Hello. Look there, Doc. By gum, a sack of something. Now, where did that come from, do you suppose? I reckon our visitor left it for us. A gunny sack or something or other. Yeah. Taints are very heavy. No, tied up. What do you suppose it is? Come on, Mayor, bring it into the house. What have you got there, Mayor? Shut the door, will you, Doc? Found this sack out on the porch just now, Parker. Put the chain on, Doc. Yep. What is it? Don't know yet. Say, do you suppose it's the rest of the Black Pearls? I jiggers, Mayor. Hand me the knife on the table there, Doc. We'll soon find out. 
Yeah, if it is the pearls, remember, they belong to Phyllis and no one else. You stand back, young fella. This is none of your affair. It is my affair. I'm here to see that Phyllis gets what's coming to her. You'll both get what's coming to you before this thing settles. I reckon you two better stop glaring at each other. Come here, go on. Cut that sack open. And make him stand back. Come on, Parker. Be a sensible chap. Well, I'm going to see what's in that sack. Well, of course you are. What is it, Mayor? What's in the sack? If I ever catch a fella that doesn't... A sack of bones. A skeleton. Our skeleton's back with us again. Somebody is playing tricks on me, and I ain't going to have it. Have it. Look. Look there around its neck. It's back with another message. Jiminy, Mayor. Look there. Yeah. Printed, just like the other one. Yeah. Hmm. Listen to that. For 20 years, I've been resting uneasy in the grave of Theodore Beverly because it is not my grave and I do not belong in it. The bones that belong in Theodore Beverly's grave lie at this moment in the burned ruins of Lammy Fink's cabin. What's that, Doc? That's what it says. What does it mean? I reckon it means, for one thing, that Theodore Beverly is dead. I'm glad to know that, anyway. Glad? What do you mean by that, Parker? Well, to tell the truth, Dr. Tuner... I've had a hunch all along that old Clawfoot might be Phyllis's grandfather, Theodore Beverly. You know, come to think about it, I reckon I've had about the same idea in the back of my mind. Would have been terrible for Phyllis. They've never known for sure whether her grandfather was dead. Now, wait a minute. Hold on just a minute. I wonder if this message means that one of them three bodies that was burned up in Lammy's cabin was that of old man Beverly. I don't see how it could be. We know the caretaker, Lammy Fink. And Parker here identified the other as Miss Carroll's cousin, Bert Arnold. But there was a third body. No, no, that couldn't have been Theodore Beverly. It was too young a man. And there must have been a fourth body in the cabin when it burned. No, I swear there wasn't. And if this skeleton's telling the truth, Beverly must have been one of the three. Well, he wasn't. You know, we ain't under any obligations to believe these here messages uh, from the grave, as it were. Somebody may be just sending them to throw us off the track. I don't believe it, Doctor. There's something behind these notes. Someone's trying to warn us about something. All fired, unpleasant way of doing it. It's someone with a horrible, morbid complex. I've read about people with queer fetishes, fixed ideas and all that. This looks to me like the work of someone with a graveyard complex. A morbid fascination for skeletons. Mm -hmm. I reckon he's morbid, all right, whoever he is. Yeah, that bell's ringing more tonight than any time yet. Every time it's rung, something's happened. Oh, I reckon not every time, Parker. It seems like it. There. There, do you hear that? Clawfoot, eh? Yeah, didn't I tell you? The bell rings and then Clawfoot begins to wail. I can that thing it wail, bell or no bell. Well, just the same, that bell's getting on my nerves. I wish it would hurry and get light. Well, not for another half hour yet. Shh. What's the matter, Dr. Turner? I thought I heard something in your room, Parker. Listen. Oh, don't hear nothing, Doc. Reckon you was mistaken. Maybe so, Mayor, but I... I'm sure I heard something, though. But how could anyone get into my room? Well, somebody could climb in between those sawed-off bars on your window. What did it sound like, Doc? You remember I told you how Clawfoot sniveled and drooled? Yeah. Sounded just like that. Maybe Clawfoot is back in the house again. Listen. There's Clawfoot waiting outside. It can't be him. Well, likely it was my imagination. Yeah, I reckon it was, Doc. But just the same, I'm going to take a look in there. Well, I'll go along, just in case. Got the flashlight? Yes. Shall I come? I reckon two's enough. You stay with the girl. Well, are you coming? Yep. It's got the mare. It's got the mare. Parker, come here. I saw it. I saw it, Doc. Just as the mare opened the door, a hand reached out and jerked him into the bedroom. And it slammed the door right in my face and locked it. You're sure the door's locked? Yes, of course I am. Yeah. Do something. Do something. 
we've got to save him if we can. Break down the door. That's it, that's it. Grab that chair. Stand back, Doc. Get away from the door. That's it, that's it. Harder, Parker. Here, let me do it. Stand back. I almost got it that time. It's giving. It's giving. I hit her lower down. There she goes. We got her that time. Then we've awakened Phyllis. Now, come on. She'll be all right. Look. Look, there's a mare. Turn your flash over there in the corner. Murder. No, no, he's not. Look, he's sitting up. Mayor, Mayor Friday, who was it? What happened? He oh, choked me. Are you all right, Mayor? Are you hurt? <laughs> oh, he tried. He tried to wring my neck. Here, here, help me up. Who was it strangled you? How'd he get away? Uh, I don't know. And out through the window when you started battering the door, whoever he was. Yeah. Can you stand? <laughs> yes, I reckon so. Well, you don't need me. I'm going to fill it. Yeah, I'll bring the mayor. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy, what happened? What's the matter now? Phyllis. Phyllis, you mustn't cry like that. I'm all right. Look, Phil, here I am. Oh, Jimmy, what was that noise? It wasn't anything, Phil. Really, it wasn't. But look, what's the matter with Mayor Friday? Why, he just slipped and hurt himself. But Jimmy, you're not telling me the truth. Now, now, Miss Carroll, don't you go to getting excited. The mayor's all right. Yeah, my neck feels as big as a barrel. Being strangled ain't no picnic. Strangled? Strangled? Did somebody try to strangle the mayor? Oh, Phil, please, please. It wasn't anything. Really, it wasn't, Phil. Oh, no, not anything, not anything. Well, I reckon you won't say that when I tell you that fella got your precious black pearl. pearl. What's that? You let him have the pearl, Mayor Friday? No, I didn't let him have it. He took it. Well, I swan. Got it, did he? Went right through your pockets, did he, Mayor? Held me by the throat with one hand and lifted the pearl out of my vest pocket with the other. Who was it, Jimmy? Who did it? We don't know. Oh, I can't stand any more of this. Well, it wasn't Clawfoot. We've been hearing him outside. No, no, it wasn't Clawfoot. Look, he had on dark clothes. Dawn's beginning to break. Look, Phil, you can see it through the window. Oh, I'm so glad. Just the same, I'd like to know who got a hold of that black pearl. How did the person know about it in the first place? None of us had a chance to talk with anyone on the outside since it was found. That's an idea, Parker. And more than that, how did this burglar know that the mayor had the pearl? There's something mighty queer here. A lot of queer things, that's a fact. And another queer thing. In spite of the fact that Mayor Friday claims he was choked until his neck felt like a barrel and he could hardly breathe, have you noticed there wasn't a mark any place on his neck? Look here, Parker. I guess that's just about the limit. Now, now, Mayor. You're an old medical man, Doctor. I ask you, does the mayor's neck look as though he'd been choked? Look, you blasted young smart Eric. You keep on sticking that snoot of yours into other folks' business and watch what happens. You're afraid to let Doc examine your throat. You know as well as I do that you weren't choked. So does Dr. Tuner here. Uh, don't include me in your phrases. Are you going to let Dr. Tuner examine you? Well, if it means shut dad burn much, yes. I'll let him look at my neck. Come on out in the kitchen, Doc. Why out in the kitchen? Let him examine it right here in front of me. Look here. Who are you ordering around? Whose house is this? I guess we've just about got you cornered, Mayor. Nothing left to defend yourself with but a lot of hot air and bluster. Oh, but after all, Parker, both you and me saw that hand reach out and jerk the mayor into the bedroom. We both saw that. Maybe there was a hand. Maybe there really was someone in the bedroom. But if there was, the fellow was a friend of the mayor's. Oh, now, Parker, I wouldn't say that. Well, I wouldn't. I say it again. Maybe you're in on it, Dr. Tuner, and maybe you're not. But whether you are or not, Mayor Friday knows what it's all about. Yes. That's right, Parker. I know a good many things. Too much for your own safety. Well, I've used my eyes, and I can tell you, Mayor Friday, I've picked up a few things of my own. 
When the showdown comes, I'm not going to be tongue-tied either. Oh, Jimmy, please don't quarrel. I'm so tired I can't even cry anymore. I just lie here and ache. Poor little Phil. This has been an awful night for you. Rub your hand over my head, Jimmy. My face is so hot. Of course I will. Oh, that feels so good. Your hands are cool, Jimmy. So nice and cool. There. I'll try to relax. The church bell, Jimmy. Do you hear it? The phantom church bell. There, there, Phyllis. That medicine I gave her a while back is strong enough to put her to sleep again, Parker. I think she's drifting out. She's going back to sleep in spite of herself. Jimmy, dear. Yes, Phil? Jimmy, dear, will you please go to the window and, and see if it isn't almost light? I think I could go to sleep if it wasn't so dark. Of course I'll go to the window. Should be getting light. The night is beginning to break up, Phil. It isn't near as dark as it was. I can see the shapes of trees down as far as the edge of the road. It's getting light. It's getting light. Now I can sleep. Oh, Jimmy, I'm so tired. Yes, in another 15 minutes, Dawn will be down here in the City of the Dead. Shh, Parker. She's dropped off. She's gone back to sleep. My gosh, Doc! Clawfoot's right outside the house! Clawfoot? Yes. Yes, I see him moving among the trees, just as outlined, but I couldn't miss him. Where? Where? I don't see him. Watch over there by that big pine. See? See? You see him? Yes. Yes, I see him. See him there? Sure. My gosh, Doc. Look! Look right behind him. Do you see it? Something's crawling after Clawfoot. Something's stalking Clawfoot. Watch. Watch. He's going to leap. It's a man. It's a man. He's got Clawfoot. He's got Clawfoot. Look, he's handling him like a baby. Can you see who it is? No. No, it's too dark. Look, he's got him gagged. He's picking him up on his arms. He's kidnapping Clawfoot. He's kidnapping Clawfoot. The story of Theodore Beverly's priceless black pearls is whirling into a great seething cauldron of sinister activity. Captain Friday vanishes. Old Clawfoot kidnapped. Old Mayor Friday lying right and left like a cornered pirate. And the phantom church bell. Where is it? What makes it ring so persistently? All these get further explanation next week when Carlton E. Morse Productions brings you another episode in Adventures by Morse. Listen for Chapter 9 of The City of the Dead, entitled The Trail of the Phantom Church Bell. Nine o'clock on the morning of the third day in the City of the Dead. The most harrowing night in the lives of Phyllis Carroll and Jimmy Parker is past. During this night of terror, the following incidents have taken place. Captain Friday has disappeared. Jimmy Parker is convinced that it was Mayor Friday whom he and the captain saw digging in Ernie Morton's grave just before Captain Friday disappeared. One of the black pearls belonging to the collection of Theodore Beverly, Phyllis's grandfather, was found under her pillow. It was placed in the mayor's care, and within half an hour was taken from him by some mysterious person. Then, in conclusion, the inmates of the mayor's cottage, including Jimmy, Phyllis, old Dr. Tuner, and the mayor, watching the dawn break from one of the windows, saw old Clawfoot captured and carried off by someone unrecognizable in the dim light. But the night is behind them. The warm morning sun has become a tonic to the shattered nerves of the group, and has done much to dispel the terror of the night hours. Phyllis alone is still abed with her wounded shoulder. Jimmy, 
Well, hello there, sleepyhead. Good morning. Jimmy. Lie down, fellow. You hurt your shoulder. Oh. See? Oh. I told you. Now you lie still. I forgot. Jimmy, is everything all right? Right as rain. But old Clawfoot was kidnapped. All the better. We don't have to worry about him anymore. I just remember you saying that, and then I guess I went back to sleep. What happened after that? Not a thing. Dr. Tuner and Mayor Friday went out, but they couldn't find a trace of anything. Clawfoot and whoever captured him had vanished. How long have I been asleep, Jimmy? Four hours. It's just past nine now. I feel an awful lot better now. Hungry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gee, Phil, it's good to hear you laugh mm-hmm. again. Seems ages since we've had anything to laugh at. Things are going to be all right now, aren't they, Jimmy? I don't know, Phil. I hope so. What? What's the matter? Has something else happened? No, thank heavens, no. But everything is just as mixed up as it was last night. Just doesn't seem so bad in the daylight. Oh. And Phil... What is it, Jimmy? I hate to tell you. I suppose I ought to. Of course you should. Everything. Well, the mayor called up the police station in the city this morning. Jimmy! I tried him to try to get him not to do it, and so did Dr. Tuna. Does does that mean we've got to go to jail? I don't know. I didn't hear what he said on the phone, but, well, you know how he feels toward me. Well, don't you worry about it. I know you haven't done anything. They can't lock you up. They can't. I know. They can make it awfully hot for us, Phyllis. We did dig in Ernie Morton's grave, and the next morning, Bert Arnold's body was found buried there. How can we possibly prove that we didn't murder Bert? Where are Dr. Tuner and the mayor now? Well, the mayor's gone down into the city of the dead. Dr. Tuner was out in the kitchen just a minute ago. I suppose he stepped outside. Anyway, Jimmy, if, if the police do come, we won't have to spend another night in this terrible place. We wouldn't anyway. Oh, I hate Mayor Friday. He's been antagonistic toward us ever since we first came here asking for help. He's got an awful guilty conscience or something. Do you suppose he's been looking for the pearls himself? That would explain why he'd be jealous of us. Dr. Tuner must be in on it, too, then. Oh, no, I'm sure he's not. He's so friendly and gentle. I, I don't think he knows anything about what the mayor's been up to. How could he help it? Hasn't he been coming down to the City of the Dead for the last 20 years to visit his old patients buried here, he says? Then I reckon that's the truth, too, son. Hey! Dr. Tuner! How long have you been standing there listening? No, no, Parker. Ain't no use to get all worked up on a nice, sunshiny morning like this. Well, just the same, you had no business eavesdropping. Parker, I reckon you've got a lot to learn. It ain't always the best policy to jump at conclusions. You're young yet. Someday you'll find out diplomacy is a mighty fine trait to cultivate. Well, facts are facts. Yeah, I reckon they are, my boy. Just the same, I venture to say that three-fourths of your trouble here has been of your own making. What? What do you mean? I mean you should have done your best to make the mayor like you instead of irritating and badgering him. You ain't had any considerations from his feelings right along. So why should he bother to think anything but the worst about you? But I've never accused Mayor Friday of anything that wasn't perfectly apparent on the surface. No, of course you haven't. Neither has he suspected you of anything that didn't look almighty queer. Yeah, but I told the truth. Yeah, I reckon you did. That ain't the point. You've made the mayor dislike you all along. Now, when there comes a time when you want him to trust and believe in you, he naturally turns against you. What time will the police be here? Oh, I don't reckon there'll be anyone down before afternoon. Is he going to turn Phyllis and me over to him? Well, the mayor don't do much talking, not even to me. But you don't think we've done anything wrong, do you, Dr. Tinder? Well, I calculate I'd rather not say what I believe, Miss Carroll. But say now, I've been standing here lecturing you two when I come in to see about breakfast. Hot cake batter's all mixed up and the skillet's piping hot. Mm, 
Mmm, hotcakes. Are they the sour milk kind? <laughs> I reckon sour milk hotcakes are the only real hotcake there is. Oh, I adore them. Oh, come on, Jimmy. You are hungry, aren't you? No, uh, I suppose so. Miss Carroll, you're lucky to have a young fellow like Jimmy Parker. He sat by your bed all the time you were asleep. He just wouldn't move from your side. Oh, Jimmy, you shouldn't have done that. Haven't you had any sleep all night? No, forget it, Phil. I feel fine. Yeah, I'll go out and put on a batch of hotcakes. Oh, by the way, Miss Carroll, do you like your eggs straight up or over easy? Over easy? Oh, isn't he a dear? Mine straight up, doctor. One straight up, one over easy. I got some mighty fine home-cured bacon for you, too. Jimmy, it was awfully nice of you to sit beside me while I slept. I think that was why my dreams were so sweet. Oh, Phil, dear. You were so lovely sleeping. All the time I sat here beside you, you were smiling in your sleep. I wondered what you were dreaming about. <laughs> Don't you wish you knew? Phil, dear, was it... Listen, Jimmy Parker, you go get me a pan of warm water and a comb and a mirror. You're a fine nurse. I'll bet you'd have let me eat breakfast without even powdering my nose. Yeah, I guess I would. But, Phil... Oh, hurry, Jimmy, or Dr. Tuna will be in here with the hotcakes before I'm ready. They're browning nicely. I got a good do on them this morning. Oh, here comes the mayor, Dr. Tuner. I caught a glimpse of him through the window. Well, I'll put a couple more eggs in the pan, then. Good morning, Mayor Friday. Yeah. Good morning, Miss Carroll. How do you feel? Oh, much better, thank you. Mayor Friday, are you going to turn Jimmy and me over to the police? Oh, now, Miss Carroll. But we only parked Jimmy's car near the City of the Dead. I think if you understood about us... Miss Carroll, I think you and I ought to have a good long talk together. Why, what about? Shh. Here comes young Parker. We'll talk about it after breakfast, huh? <laughs> Here you are, Phil. Oh, Mayor Friday. Yes, it's me. Here, Phil, is a basin of water and soap and wash rag. Thank you, Jimmy. Now, if you'll get me a comb and a hand mirror... Sure thing. I... Comb and a mirror. All right. Here you are. Thanks. And now if you two men will go out in the kitchen with Dr. Tuner so a girl can have a little privacy... Sure, I'll... okay. Come on, Mayor Friday. We'll get together after breakfast, miss. Yeah, pretty good cook, if I do say so myself. Mm, smells good. Yeah, there's a stack of cakes about ready. Oh, hello, Mayor. Ready to eat? You ready as soon as I wash up? I put the table in beside Miss Carroll's bed so we could be sort of sociable. Hey, Doc Tuner, why don't you let me fry the hotcakes? I can jump up from the table and trot out here to the kitchen easier than you. No, I reckon I'm the hotcake expert. Say, Doctor, you feel a difference this morning? I can't explain it. I feel as though a great weight had been lifted. Well, I reckon I know what you mean, Parker. I, I feel chipper this morning myself. It's as though we had passed through a nightmare and now the danger's over. Mm. You don't suppose it's because old Clawfoot isn't hanging around any longer, do you? Well, I don't know as I can say that... Oh, Jimmy! Jimmy! Oh, coming, Phil! Well, didn't take you very long. <laughs> it was hard to get the powder on straight when I had to hold the mirror propped up against my knees. Hi, Doctor! Phil's ready! Bring on the bacon and eggs! And oodles of hot cake! Breakfast coming up! Everyone sit down! Uh, Miss Carroll gets her plate in her lap. <laughs> right side up, though, please. <laughs> I'll sit here by the bed so I can hand things to Phil. No hot cakes for me, Doc. I think too much of my insides. Why, Mayor, they're lovely. Really, they are, Dr. Tuner. Now, don't you feel bad? Oh, Mayor can't hurt my feelings that way, Miss Carroll. I ain't been able to make him eat a hot cake in all the 20 years I've known him. He simply ain't got the taste for them. Oh, they're great, Doctor. Uh, I was up to Lammy Fink's cabin this morning. That is, what's left of it since it burned down. Lammy Fink? 
Mayor Friday, just who was Lammy Fink? An old fellow I had working for me in the city of the dead. Kind of aggravated, but he was a good worker. Loved flowers. Well, what about it, Mayor? Why did you go to his cabin? Made the trip for nothing. Everything fell into the cellar when the building burned. Couldn't get to the bottom with all those burned timber, cook stove, and other junk that crashed down into the basement. Couldn't tell how many bodies really was in the place then, huh? No. Oh, listen. The church bell. Well, that's the first time I've heard it ring in the daytime. Pretty strange. Mighty strange. Heard it a couple of times already this morning. Now, look here. If it keeps up, we should be able to trace it in the daylight. Been thinking about that. Yeah, I think we should go right after breakfast, don't you, Mayor? One of us ought to. Both of you go along. I'll stay with Phyllis. No. But look here, Mayor. Surely you don't think I'd run away and leave Phyllis. You know as well as I do that with that knife wound in her shoulder, I couldn't possibly move her. Gonna keep you under my eye until the police get here. Oh. Well, then suppose you take Parker with you, Mayor, and I'll stay with Miss Carroll. No. Well, Mayor, I'll go look for the bell alone if you say so, but I'll tell you flat, I ain't hankering for it even by daylight. You know how the fog comes up in the middle of the day. Might as well be night when that miserable stuff settles down in the city of the dead. I ain't asking you to go alone. You'll take Parker with you. But look here, Mayor. I promised Phyllis I wouldn't leave her again. I'm not going to. I... Jimmy, maybe you'd better do what the mayor says. You want me to go and leave you here with this... With... with mayor Friday? Oh, no. Well, that is... Oh, please, Mayor Friday. Just do me have to go. Yes. Well, I won't. Oh, no, Parker. What was I telling you this morning? I reckon you better come along with me. Dr. Tuner, you don't want me to leave Phyllis with this... this man. Why not? I ain't going to eat her. Well, if I should leave Phil and... if anything should happen, I'd never forgive myself. Well, I reckon the mayor is just as capable of looking out for Miss Carroll as you or me. <laughs> but look here, if I can't stay with Phyllis, why don't you stay here, Dr. Tuner, and let Mayor Friday take me to look for the Phantom Bell? No. You're going to do what I say. What? Well, I guess it'll be all right, Jimmy. You go along with Dr. Tuner. Something's wrong. Why do you want to separate Phyllis and me? Oh, now, Parker, nothing's wrong. Look here, young fella. I'm going to tell you something for your own good. The quicker you learn not to suspect the people around you, the better you'll get on in this world. You're keeping something from us. No matter what you think, Parker, you're going out with Doc Tuner, and that's final. Supposing I refuse to go? You haven't got a chance of refusing. You're going with Doc Tuner even if he has to walk behind you with a gun. Oh, please, Jimmy. I'll be all right. Honest, I will. Uh, I don't like it. Well, I reckon you're going... I don't know. What in Tunket made that shadow? Where, where's the sun? Going behind a cloud, I suppose. No, it ain't. It's a fog coming in. What, already? Saw it coming from way off when I was up at Lammy Fink's cabin. Oh, looks as though we're going to hunt that church bell in the fog. Shouldn't have no trouble if it keeps her ringing the way it has been. Oh, dear. And I was feeling so much better. Uh, more hot cakes, Parker? No, no more. What about you, Phil? No, thank you. Mighty skinny appetites. Well, if everybody's finished, let's just carry the table back into the kitchen. Grab a hold there, man. Yeah. As soon as we get the dishes stacked, Parker and I'll go on down to the old church. Look here, Phyllis. If you're afraid to stay here alone with Mayor Friday, you just say the word and I won't go. That gun business is all hooey. Dr. Tuna wouldn't shoot anybody. No, Jimmy. You go ahead. It'll be all right. Really, it will. Only... Well, I wish this fog wasn't settling down on us again. It makes me cold inside just to think of it. Listen, Phil. I found this knife out in the kitchen. Jimmy! It's the one you were stabbed with. Oh, take it away. No. No, Phil. Take it under the cover with you. Oh, no. I don't want Shit, it. Shit, don't let Doc and the mayor hear. Please take it. 
hide it under the covers. I'll feel a lot better if you if I know you've got something to protect yourself with. I hate the sight of it. It's a terrible weapon. You'd be glad enough to have it if you were fighting for your life. What do you mean? Oh, nothing. Nothing really, Phil. Oh, here, take it. All right, but... Oh, what an ugly hand. Quick, put it under the covers and don't tell anyone. Oh, I, I hate it. There. Now, if anyone gets funny, you can carve your initials on him. Why is old Mayor Friday so intent on having Phyllis to himself? What is it that Jimmy fears for her? And beyond all else, what will Jimmy and Dr. Tuner find in taking up the trail of the Phantom Church Bell? And the missing Captain Friday? But more of all that in just a moment. That ugly knife gives me the shivers. I won't rest a bit while it's under the covers with me. Use it if it's necessary. Here's something else. What is it? A whistle. Where did you get that? It's a police whistle Captain Friday left here. Take it. Why, what for? To use if you're in danger. Do you think something's going to happen to me? Not if I can help it. But but with this knife and, and the whistle... I don't want to frighten you, Phyllis. Honest, I don't know of a single thing that might happen. But, well, you know what a time we've had so far. Yes, I know. Well, when you take this whistle, if you get suspicious that things aren't going right, when you become frightened, you just blow this police whistle as hard as you can. You'll be surprised how far it'll carry. Do you think you could hear it anywhere in the city of the dead? I think so. Anyway, we won't be out of range of it very long. That does make me feel safer. To know that I can call you. Shh, watch. Now, Parker, get your hat and let's get started before the fog settles too thick among the tombstones. All right. I'll be right with you. Now then, Miss Carroll, don't you worry. You aren't in any danger and nothing's going to happen while we're away. You just see if you can't get a lot of sleep today. If everything goes as it should, you'll be up and walking around another day or two. You're sure I'll be all right, Dr. Tumor? Well, of course you will. But don't be gone too long, will you? Oh, I don't reckon we'll be out any longer than we can help. Mayor, you're going to take good care of Miss Carroll now, ain't you? Yeah, I reckon me and Miss Carroll are going to get on right smart, ain't we, miss? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Me and her got a lot of things to talk about. Well, don't get so interested talking. You forget about your job as nurse, Mayor. Well, I'm ready, Dr. Tuner. All right, Parker. Goodbye, Phil. Remember, don't take any chances, will you? No, Jimmy. I promise. Come along, Parker. Come along. Look there, Dr. Tuner. There's Ernie Morton's grave just ahead. Let's look at it a minute. It's getting pretty foggy, Parker. We ought to keep moving. It won't take but a minute. Look here, Doctor. See, this is where Captain Friday and I were lying just before he sneaked over to the grave. You can still see the impression of my body in the grass. Mm-hmm. Looks so all right, son. Of course it's so. If that bell keeps ringing like this, we shouldn't have any trouble following it. Look here at the grave, Doc. Oh, come along, boy. Come along. But I want to prove to you that the grave was open last night. Yeah, how do you do that, Parker? Here. Look at this piece of sod turned upside down. Yeah, what's that prove? Look, the grass is still fresh and green when I turn it over. If that sod had been lying bottom side up since Captain Friday opened the grave three nights ago, the grass would have wilted, wouldn't it? I reckon you're right, son. Of course the grave was open last night. You know what I think? Yeah, come along. You can talk as we're moving along. I think that it was Mayor Friday himself digging in that grave. Well, that ain't nothing new. You've been intimating that that's what you thought right along. Well, I never came right out and said it before. Well, there's the old church looming up down there through the fog. We must be getting near the bell. Doesn't sound much closer, though. What sort of woods are those behind the church? Oh, hardwood, mostly. Oak and beech, I reckon. Shall we go on down to the church and make that our starting point? All right. 
Hey, what do you keep cocking your ears back toward the house for, Parker? You can't hear anything down here. Don't know. Thought I might. It's a queer thing to say. What do you expect to hear this far off? Oh, never mind. Well, where are we going to look for this bell? Well, I reckon the best thing we can do is sneak down there alongside of the church and just sit and wait till we hear it. That'll give us a clue to work from. Mm, but we might sit all day. Hey, there you are now. Listen. Gosh, can't tell anything about it, can you? Don't seem to come from any direction at all. That's a fact. Listen. Seems to be coming from the church, don't you think? Well, it ain't possible. The mayor and I gave the place a good going over, and so did Captain Friday, and the bell ain't in the ruins. Listen. Stopped again. Look, Parker, I've sort of had an idea that that bell might be out there in the woods in back of the church. What do you think? Well, maybe. Sounded in the church to me. Well, now, just supposing it was hanging out on the limb of a tree in the woods and was swinging free. Mm. The wind could blow it or rock the tree, and it'd ring soft-like off and on, just like it had been. But what would a bell be doing up in a tree? Well, ain't any explaining a good many things down here in the city of the dead these days. Well, why are these long waits between the ringing? Sometimes it's been hours. Well, perhaps there hasn't been enough wind to ring it. Well, there's as much breeze now as there was a moment ago when the bell was ringing, and that isn't any. Well, I... There she goes again. Now listen careful and try to place the direction the sound's coming from. Just the same as before. I'd say the church. It does sound so. But it can't be, I tell you. Still, if it was out in the open, we ought to be able to walk right straight towards where it's ringing. Well, are we going to stand here all day, or are we going to scout around and see what we can find? Yeah, this damp burn fog would have to come down just now. Dang if I know which way to turn. Look here, Dr. Tuner. Let's go inside the church and listen. Maybe we'll get some clues that way. Might as well, I guess. Ain't no good standing around out here and getting fog in your ears and throat and down your neck. The pesky stuff. Up in San Francisco, I rather like the fog. This is miserable stuff down here, all right. I've hated it ever since I can remember. Decayed atmosphere, that's what fog is to me. A nice day that's begun to rot. That's a pleasant thought. Mm, can't help it. I always get the gumps and the creeps and the sniffles in the fog. Worst nightmare I ever had was about fog. Well, here we are. Might as well go in. Thing I brought a pocket flash along. Go ahead, but mind your way. Them floorboards is right nice punk. You're likely to break a leg. You want to leave? No, you go on ahead. This is your idea. Here, you can have a flashlight. Okay. Now, well, this is a miserable hole, isn't it? Everything wet, mildewed. Why, the bell's fainter in here than it was outside. You say there's somebody else down there? Hey, Doc, stop asking questions and come and help me. I'm down in the basement. There must be a door to the outside someplace. Basement? Ba- By George, that's right. This place has got a basement. Well, go outside and see if you can find a door to it. 
Blackard Pitch down here, and something's down here with me. The door to the basement's right outside. I'll be right with you. Oh, what a noise. Blame it all. Where'd I drop that light? Doc ever gets that door. Hi there, partner. Can you hear me? Yes. What's the matter? Is the door locked? The hinges rusted too bad. I'll have to break the door down. Are you still all right? Yes. Hurry and break it in. I can't find my flashlight. Oh, this groaning is getting on my goat. Oh, hang on. I got a piece of timber for a battering ram. Well, go to it, Doc. Oh, this is great. The bell. Hey, Doc, the bell. Hurry, Doc, right. Just get something. Dr. Tuner, I found the bell. The phantom church bells here in the basement. Parker, are you crazy? No, I'm not. Here's my flashlight. There. There's your church bell. Look. Look there in the corner. Yeah. A man bound and gagged. Come on, Doc. Oh, so that's where them groans come from. You know him? Uh-huh. Never saw him before in my life. Here, help me untie him. Here. Look at here. He ain't only bound and gagged. He's roped to this two before in the wall. Uh, they weren't taking any chance on his getting away. Yeah, poor chap. Mighty near dead. He's unconscious, isn't he? What's the matter with him? Uh, looks mostly like starvation, but there's a bad lump here on his head. Uh, we'll have to carry him up to the house. Yeah, and mighty quick, too. He'll die on our hands. His heart ain't showing much signs. Stand aside, Parker. Uh, look here at this old bell, Doctor. Standing here on its rack. Just swings clear of the floor. I can't figure out what made it ring, Parker. I've got it. This man was ringing. It was the only way he could call for help. Look here, Doctor. See, he was tied to this two-by-four. When he stretched out his bound feet just as far as he could reach, the tip of his toe would just touch the rim of the bell. He'd give it a shove, and the bell would ring a few strokes. Why, criminy, Parker. And then he'd probably have long spells of unconsciousness on account of this crack on the head. That'd account for the spells of silence. <sighs> now then, you ready? There, you take your shoulders and it's <laughs> easier. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Careful. Bump his head on the door, Jack. Yeah, all clear. What do we do? Leave the bell as it is? Sure, Parker. Ain't nobody going to touch it. Just strike off through the tombstones and keep on the grass. It's easier walking. Poor guy. Looks more like a corpse than a living man. So that was the answer to the phantom bell. No wonder we couldn't locate where the sound was coming from. By the time it got outside the cellar walls, the sound was so broken it seemed to come from everywhere. Funny you or the mayor didn't think of looking in the basement when you came down here three nights ago. Yeah, is it? Did you think of looking in the basement for a ringing church bell? Have to fall right in on top of it before you got the idea, didn't you? Just call out if you want to rest. Uh, he's not heavy. Well, if we knew as much about old Clawfoot as we do about the bell... The whistle! That's Phyllis! Hey, don't drop the man. It's Phyllis, Doc! Something's happened to Phyllis! Hi, right, Parker, come back here! Something's happened to Phyllis! Don't you hear the whistle? You have just heard the ninth episode of The City of the Dead, written for radio by Carlton E. Morse. Next week brings you Where the Pearls Were Hidden, the tenth and final episode of this adventure thriller. Next week you will know the identity of Old Clawfoot, the name of the man who rang the bell, what really became of Grandfather Theodore Beverly, who the murderers were, who the grave looters were, and what became of the famous collection of black pearls.
My goodness, Clawfoot wrapped up as a hostage, the doctor calming down the couple and even the mayor, and Captain Friday still missing. What in the city of the dead is going on, mate? Also, I'm super skeptical of the mayor. The pencil in his pocket, the fresh earth on his trousers, but now he's trying to split the couple up. And not to mention the black pearls. Something really, really sounds fishy here, but I can't put my finger on it. What about you folks? Any ideas? Any guesses? Let me know if you have any thoughts on what's going on here, and stick with me next week for the great finale. Oh yeah, you bet. It's going to be bloody awesome. <laughs> Speaking of awesome are my Patreon supporters. If you want to support the show directly, visit www.patreon.com forward slash sfgt or leave an iTunes review for the podcast. It helps immensely. And I have a brand new iTunes review from Amy Chang, who wrote, Wonderful! I have recently started listening to these stories as I walk. I'm really enjoying them and very happy I found this podcast. Makes my walks much more fun. Amy, thank you so much. So wonderful to hear. I hope your walks are doubly interesting with these tales. And thanks again for leaving a review, mate. Means the world to me. Now, time for my Patreon supporters. First up, my Titans, my Odin IT Titans, in fact. A huge thank you to Maya and Armello for being so damn marvelous and supporting the show at such a draw-dropping level. I've been able to purchase some new gear, actually, that I think is going to help with the audio quality so much more. I'm always looking at ways to push the envelope and to do so within a budget, because, you know, it's your support, and I'd hate to squander that kind of support. So for those of you interested, I purchased just today a Sound Blaster K3 Plus mixer, and I got it secondhand for a fraction of the cost. Normally it's 230 but I managed to finagle it at $90, and it's arriving express on the 16th. So we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed it works. All thanks to you, brilliant people. I can experiment with audio and hopefully improve quality immensely. Cheers, mates. And my white tea warlords, I own cows and Lee Bauer, my steel-clad knights, charging ahead to inspire the army of enforcers, charging with them. Mates, thank you both for being so amazing and supporting the show. You really help with audio production and research. I'll also be donating some of your support straight to the people that keep these old radio shows coming my way. It will be a nice surprise, I think, for them. They have no idea it's coming. Cheers, mates. All thanks to you. And of course, my Elgrain forces. Chad Warren, Joss Heather, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Tasha Moncrief, Christina Boyd, Divided by Zero, Dolphin and Cow, Michelangelo Yacone, Tea Time Drinker One, and Chris Moller. All of you are my little lovelies, and your support constantly has me in high spirits. I've been asked about subscriber counts, listener numbers, going viral in some of my YouTube uploads in the past, but I would trade a million listens any day for the supporters that I have. You guys, I just wanted to let you all know that. Thanks for listening, stay awesome, and as always, till next, we meet.